Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,297. You have to give it everything you got and you have to do what you believe and be what you're passionate about. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, David Inken. Hey, David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Listen, always excited to go fast and have some fun. So (laughs) there you go. David Inken, a.k.a. Doghouse Dave, is a hands-on entrepreneur, former stuntman, motorcycle racer, and custom motor vehicle fabricator. He founded his business Toy Makers, that's Toy Makers with a Z, in 2014 where he and his business partner, David Young, along with their team, specialize in one-off custom builds and OEM enhancements. In addition to building unmatched rides, David is the host on the reality TV show Toy Makers that just completed its third season on the History Channel after two successful years on Velocity. The show is shot with aerial cinematography and thrilling drive sequences featuring VR technology and concept animation and includes a companion app available on iTunes that connects fans to the show. That is very cool, very unique. So Dave, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little more about your business and your passion for automobiles? You know, we're we're very blessed. We're very fortunate. Anytime you can make a living doing what you love to do. I've been playing with bikes, motorcycle, cars, you know, trucks, the whole thing my whole life. So to be able to embrace that and grow an industry that I love and live in that industry and make a living as a home run for us and then surround myself with the right people. It's been one heck of a journey, I'm telling you. No doubt. No doubt. It's fantastic. You've definitely learned the secret sauce to life. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra of some kind. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So David, take the wheel. You know, I believe in living life right on the edge of out of control. I, I, I don't think you can win without failing. I think you have to give it everything you got and you have to do what you believe and be and what you're passionate about. So I live life. I, I truly live life right on the edge out of control. Now, I would imagine some of this philosophy came from uh, your former career being a stuntman. And I have no idea what it's like to be a stuntman, but I just know that uh, you definitely have to go all out because you probably, when you do a stunt, you don't want to have to do it again, right? You know, it's true. But in the big scheme of things, you don't get the best shot unless you're really going all out. If you hold back at anything in life, anything in life, you tend to end up having to redo it or, or go do it again. You maybe go a little harder, try it a little bit differently. I, I prefer to go at it as hard as I can go at it and, and try to get the job done the first take. But let me tell you something. It's never that way. Somebody always wants more out of it. You have a director, or a EP that wants more. So it, I, I don't know that we'll ever get it on a first take, but boy, I sure try. Yeah, I'll bet. Absolutely. Well, let's go back in time a little bit here in your story. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this passion that you have for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? You know, I grew up with cars. My grandfather worked for Packard and Studebaker. My dad was just a 
typical gearhead. He could build anything. My dad is, to this day, I, I aspire to be as talented as my father. Um, you know, I knew at a young age, I couldn't afford to buy anything that I wanted. We weren't a rich family, but we didn't want for anything, but we weren't rich. So, you know, I had to work shoveling snow or mowing yards, and I needed to learn how to build what I wanted to, to have what I wanted. You know, if I wanted to go fast, I could, you had to figure out how to go fast. You had to surround yourself with certain people or learn what you needed to do to to make it happen. I couldn't afford a big time engine builder or a chassis builder or whatever I happened to need for the time. So we had to surround ourselves with them people or learn how to do them myself. So I knew I knew at a very, very young age, I was going to be building stuff my whole life. <laughs> very cool. Well, you mentioned earlier we were talking, and I love the way you said this about failing and that you, you, you can't really learn without failing. And I always like to ask my guests to talk about some type of a big failure in their life or a big challenge that they face in some way, either in your life or your business, whatever it might be. But more importantly, how did you overcome that specific situation and what did you learn from it? That's the best thing about failing is realizing that these are learning experiences. So walk us through one of those times that kind of pushed you up against the wall and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your business and your life and your career. Listen, that happens every day in my life. Uh, I, you know, and I say it all the time. I, I think failing is, is, is truly the avenue to success. You have to learn from your failures and, and nobody gets it right the first time. Nobody walks into life and has it figured out. I walked in, TV is a prime example. I walked into TV. All my friends have done TV for years. And I knew 95% of what I was going to need to know. Had it figured out. That was, I was on the game plan. First year going in, it, nothing went as planned. I, I left the first year knowing 5% of what I needed to do. So in that, you know, I didn't fail, but you, you never go to where you wanted to go. So it's, you, you don't ever want to fail. So you're pushing past and molding and manipulating what you have to do. So it doesn't matter. Television is a prime example. I thought I had it figured out. I realized I didn't. Now, I never want to fail anymore at anything. So I call them setbacks. You set back just a touch, as fast as you can, and you count on the team that you put around you to move forward. Then you get a setback, then you move forward, you get a setback. There's small little failures that I got to get this thing filmed in a week, for instance, we're doing this car, you got to film it in a week, but it takes you two weeks. Well, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars you lose. So now you've got to figure out how to make that hundreds of thousands of dollars up and nothing happens as planned. So it, it, to say that you fail every day, you know, that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a phone call, when you're trying to to, to do something, things fail. You know, the systems fail. You got to figure out how to get it done, make it happen. My life every day is a failure in some form or another. I call them setbacks, not huge failures anymore. I've mm-hmm. learned not to fail big because you <laughs> step back and then you go two steps forward. You step back, you go two steps forward, but you're always moving forward. So for me, it doesn't matter if it's a parent, my business, or a TV show. You have little bitty setbacks. And uh, I mean, I've I've hit walls in cars, been put in the hospital, I've broken bones, you name it, it's happened, and we still move forward. You have to move forward with everyone. Well, you're going into your fourth year, and congratulations for this in Toy Makers, the TV show. I'm just in my first year of doing a TV show, and I'm certainly 
learning a lot here because I've never done this before. If there's one thing you could teach me about moving forward and being successful with an automotive-related TV show, what would it be? Plan, plan, plan. Uh, You can't have a big enough plan. You can't organize enough. You can't get... I'm in pre-production for season four. So I plan and plan and plan. I get parts here early because inevitably, if it can go wrong, it will. So you you need everything detailed out and planned before you turn the camera on and realize that every day, even though you have a a filming schedule for that day, something that day is going to fall short and you move on to the next day and then go back to it. So you need a plan. And if you do not plan it, you w- it will be a nightmare. I, I, it will it'll it bite will you. be yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, for sure. You know, this is interesting because it relates a lot to the business of building and fabricating cars, right? Yeah. If you go into building a car, restoring a car, fabricating something for a car, if you don't have a plan, uh, you're messed up pretty quick, right? You know, it, that's life, though. Think about it. It doesn't matter. But you're right. If you're going to build a car, you need a detailed plan it. And, and map it out, what, you know, where are you going to build the chassis? How are you going to build the suspension? What drivetrain are you going to use? Because that determines, you know, what kind of suspension or brakes you want to put in. 200 miles an hour is one thing, but if you can't stop, it's another. You know, <laughs> yeah. how do you stay together? What kind of windshield are you going to run? Or if you've got to develop a windshield, seat belts. I mean, it all plays in. Life is the exact same way. If you're going to go to the gym, you need a game plan. You just go to the gym and throw weights around, get have a game plan with that. Raising a child. I, I have a 13-year-old and, and I love my, my family is everything to me. But when you yeah. look at that child, I have a game plan almost every day now. He's 13 and he's smart. I got to have a game plan and how do I raise him and make him understand where I want him to go in life without yeah. telling him to do it? Because if I tell him, he ain't going to do it. It, it's it's mapping that out and having a game plan and always being willing to mold and manipulate it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Having raised two children, uh, you're exactly right. And you're, you're in the throes of some very interesting years. Those teenage years can be quite challenging, but more importantly, they can be massively rewarding. Uh, but yeah, you'll be, you'll be throwing a lot of tests as you probably, probably already have a little bit, but, uh, you know, someone told me once that when your kids turn into teenagers, they change from being dogs to cats. But at some point, they become dogs again, so don't worry. So uh, that'll be my my advice for you today, Dave. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle, that first car you either built or you bought or you had in your life that really had meaning for you. And I emphasize the word first because you probably had a lot of very cool vehicles in your lives. And, and share maybe a memory you have about that ride with us. You know, I'm glad you brought it up like this. I get asked that question a lot, but they always ask me what my favorite ride is. That's a hard question, but you you bring it up the way I wish people would ask. Well, thanks. What is the most meaning to me was probably the GPS car. In my very first episode on TV, um, I did, I revamped that car because it was my very, very first one-off car that hand-built the chassis, hand-built the suspension, hand-built the body, hand-pounded the ground effects, the interior. The drive line was a motorcycle, completely wrong. Everything about the car was completely wrong for the street, but my mind made it right. So, and, and I actually hand-laid the body in my garage. Everything about the car was truly from my heart. I wanted a, a GP car, you know, a Grand Prix car for the street. 
I did one. I drove it on the street for four years. It's absolutely an amazing ride to this day. But the fact that I had nobody had any faith, nobody, it's all, oh, you can't do that. It's wrong. It, because it looks like a race car, but it's not. It's got cup holders. It's got a glove box. It's got a cell phone charger. It's got a backup light and tag lights. I mean, it, it's a real car. It just looks like a race car. It's fast like a race car, but truly hand built from the windshield to the big monster wing on the back. It's, it made me realize at that point that every kid's dream can come true. If you work hard, if you believe in yourself, have a little bit of faith, you can build and do anything in life. And look at me today. I'm a very blessed man. There you go. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, is there a vehicle you've let go, that old seller's remorse story that kind of brings a tear to your eye? And I'm going to take the financial equation out of this because the car market goes ups and up and down. And I've had plenty of guests on the show that have owned Ferrari GTOs in the past and sold them and wish they had them today. But is there a vehicle in your life that you wish you had in the garage still? Every vehicle I've ever owned. Um, <laughs> there you go. Let me, let's explain that for a minute. You know, as a kid, yeah. you bring up financial, but as a kid, you built a vehicle and you just sold it to build your next vehicle, build your next vehicle. As I've gotten older, I'm not in them shoes anymore. So when I sell something, it, it almost stresses me. It's like, there's a reason that I built what I built. There's something in my heart or in my head. It meant something to me. So as silly as something might be, whether it's a toy with a motor on it, whether it's a truck, a car, they all meant something to me. It's a piece of me. I truly put my whole heart and soul into something. So when it goes away, somewhere over the next you know, months, I, I constantly go back or see a picture and it's like, man, I wish I still had that car. I don't yeah. think there's a car I sold that's a man. I'm glad I got rid of that car. There's not one car I can say I glad, I'm glad I got rid of. Not one. Oh, wow. Well, sorry to bring that up, but uh, <laughs> sometimes that's the way life goes. You know, having interviewed close to 1,300 people now, I've heard way over 1,300 uh, sad stories, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. You know, I always say at least you had the experience. In your case of getting to build, most of us just own cars, enjoy them and drive them. But when you build them, that's that's a whole nother thing. It's it's not like raising a kid, of course, but it's uh, you put your blood, sweat and tears into it. So I understand. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited right now about your business, Toy Makers. Uh, maybe you can share something that you guys are working on there in the shop. And also what has you excited about going into season four, four of your television show on Toy Makers as well. So take it away. You know, for me. It's just all of the above. You know, when you think about going into season four, I'm getting better and better at what we're doing for TV. I ha I'm surrounded by an incredible group of people. My team is amazing. It's a very small team, but it's an amazing team. So when I start thinking about where we're going and what we're doing, the excitement for me is our skill set is getting better and better every day, every mm. day. And when I look at the cars, like I'm pre-building my season finale car for season four because it takes me 18 months, two years to build that car. And it's truly, I've wanted this car as long as I can remember to take something like that that I saw as a Hot Wheels car, and it true race car, a true race car, make mm -hmm. it a two-seater, make it completely street legal, make it have 2,500, 3,000 horsepower. Oh, geez. <laughs> and be able to put it on the street legitimately and drive it coast to coast if you wanted to. 
is a home run for me. And then to have the team that our skill sets and the and the brands that I've got involved with over the years to be able to make that reality come true and then share it with the world is humbling. I, I, I can't even begin to express where we're going and what we're doing. I'm already just started on a season five season finale project. But my wow. season four season project right now is so in my head. Um, I was sitting in the car before this call. It's amazing. It's amazing on every level. You know, you guys do some very unique things with your show that I don't see anyone else doing. The VR technology, concept animation. Where did all that conceptualize? How did that come to fruition? Again, you know, I talk about my team, you know, and and the sad reality of it is, is, you know, I got four guys and a girl that work in the shop. Then I have a business partner that's absolutely amazing in business. And then we have a whole crew of people that are my sound guys, my camera guys, my directors, an 11 time Emmy winner. My EP's done all kinds of movies and television. So I'm surrounded by amazing people. My publicist is absolutely amazing on every level. So when you get that many great people put together and you start talking about an app or a 360 cam, my sound guys, I'd put them against anybody on the planet, but they come in and as I'm passionate about cars, they're passionate about a shot or a a sound or a, a, a noise or an opening or a closing or a bumper coming in and out of a show. That's where it really comes to is me not as much as I may take the helm in the build of a car, they collectively take hold and, and build me, I, I call it my, my small little empire. In the end, my sound guy is so excited about something that's silly to me, but to him, <laughs> yeah. the world. Camera guy's excited about the shot that I didn't, what are you doing over there? It doesn't make any sense to me. And when I see it, it's like, oh my Lord, same thing when it comes to an app or a three, six, so it can really bring in the fan into what we do. My season finale car for this year, season three, was designed to give rides to the fans. It's no joke, arguably one of the baddest exhibition cars on the planet. It is downright nasty. And we put a fan in it, and it's got camera mounts all over, so you can get their reaction, their take. Yeah. A lot of fun. No doubt. I have a feeling in your life, Dave, uh, the concept of too much horsepower doesn't exist. I don't even understand the question. Um, okay. It isn't, it isn't too much. It's, it's being able to control the uncontrollable. Like I said, if you live life right on the edge out of control, before long, you get really good at it and that edge moves forward. Now, you've you got to move your game up to get back to the edge. Then that edge moves forward. You've got to move your game up to get back to the edge. I'm surrounded by a team of people that live on the edge. Awesome. Well, Dave, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. 
Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. Mav TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, David, we are back, and I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were actually manifested into a vehicle parked in the garage, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a person built into a car, what would David be and why? Wow, that's an amazing question. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate. I'm driven. I always say that I'm quiet and shy, but when I pull into a parking lot, I'm loud and obnoxious and never open my mouth. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would have to be somebody's one-off build. I, I There's not a, there's so many great manufacturers. There's a lot of great cars, trucks, vehicles. But for me, it, it'd have to be a one-off build that somebody that made the car simple, clean, and quiet, that made it stylish, and but made it loud, bloody, obnoxious, rude, crude, and angry <laughs> on every level. I'm a passionate man. The, the vehicle would truly have to be, if it sat there quiet, it'd have to be quiet. If it sat there fired up and rolling up to a stoplight, it'd have to be really angry and obnoxious. I, that, that's a hard task. It'd have to be a hand-built, one-off car and somebody a little warped upstairs put together for me. I like that. I like that little added warped upstairs at the end, too. I like that a lot. All right, David, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Take your time. Don't rush anything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Especially when you're you're building things. But I would assume that also goes back to your stunt days, because if you don't plan out a stunt carefully and take your time, it can really re- result in disaster, right? You, you give you some time off, I promise you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's a nice way to put it. Yep. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I'm a workaholic. I, I live my world. I love my world and I live it. I, I, I'm, I'm at the shop seven days a week, even on holidays. You know what? And uh, there is that saying, I think Henry Ford is attributed to it. Do what you love and you won't work a day in your life. Now, it is work. And I always kind of 
sit back and go, you know, this is work. It does take time. Not every day is bliss. But if you do what you love, you don't mind going in on the weekends. You don't mind going in on holidays. So I love that statement and say it all the time. And I believe it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. How about a resource? There are so many cool resources for us these days. Is there one in particular that you're really fond of that you'd share? I'll be honest with you. A resource to me is a little bit different. I call it my toolbox. Mm-hmm. Believe it, surround yourself with the right people. The right yeah. people are the best resources. So I call it people in my toolbox. I, I, my toolbox is my best resource, and it, which means there isn't one guy it's associate yourself with the right people and, and, and count and believe in their their talent and their ability. You know, mom was always right, right? I remember my mom always saying, choose your friends wisely. Uh, hang around with people that are stronger and better than you because you can aspire to be who they are. And we are the culmination of the people we resound, or, or surround ourselves with. And you, you sometimes see kids that are hanging out with the wrong kids and you just go, gosh, just don't go there. Don't do that. You know, pick some better friends. So uh, I like the way you said that. The toolbox of friends. Love it. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Wow. I pretty much lived my dream. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'd have to go backwards a little bit for me. It'd probably mm-hmm. be somebody like a Tim Allen, believe it or not. I've oh, okay. Um, my... I've I've met and had I've had lunch with Jay Leno. I've had you know, I've got to meet a lot of great people because of what I do. But for me to relax and enjoy life, you know, all the brands that I admire, the people that have started great businesses, I've made friends with, and I've developed uh, great relationships. I, I want to go backwards a little bit and have a little fun and meet somebody like a Tim Allen that. You know, I had, he struggled, you know, early on, and now he's got mm-hmm. passion. He loves cars. I've never had a chance to meet him and love to sit down, pick his brain and and not be so serious and have a little fun with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I had the, the pleasure of meeting Tim once and actually got to speak to him for a little bit. Believe it or not, I got invited to a party at the Playboy Mansion. Nice. This was this was probably 20 years ago now, and it was it was a car event. It wasn't what you might think it might be. <laughs> so I'll just put that out there so that I don't build any bad reputations here, especially with my wife. That's how you stay married for 35 years. But uh, Tim was so, so kind. And the company I was part of at the time, he was a customer of ours. I didn't know that until I met him, but uh, just a super nice guy and just a car guy, kind of like Jay and and all the people that I meet in the car industry. So uh, we'll see if we can arrange that for you. Now, is there a book that you'd like to share with our, our listeners that you've enjoyed? You know what? Uh, twist of the Wrist. Probably nobody's ever heard of it. Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. Twist of the wrist is an amazing analogy of how to go fast in using your brain. And I I apply that book to my life. Your brain is a dollar bill, basically. Twist of the wrist is is amazing if you sit back and, and just apply it to your life. You get better at certain things, so they take up less of that dollar bill, less of your brain to get good at it. And it can apply to work. It can raising your child to taking care of the house to taking care of your family. I, I don't care what it is, but it really is amazing to go fast. But if you apply that to your whole life, I love the book and it, it's it's amazing for me. You know, it's interesting. I'm, that book has not come up here in almost 1,300 guests I've interviewed now. And I'm kind of surprised. A Twist of the Wrist, the subtitle, The Motorcycle Road Racer's Handbook is a book written by Keith Hode. And 
it, it really is well, back in the day, but even now it was a high performance writer's Bible for like over 20 years. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'll uh, make sure I put that on David's show notes page for you listeners to find. I make it really easy on the Cars yeah website on the, on the guest references books for, for guests or books rec- referenced by guests. I should say if I could get that out correctly. Um, just go to carsyeah.com, type in David Ankin, A-N-K-I-N, and that book will be there along with all the other great books, A Twist of the Risk. Uh, thanks for bringing that one up. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, Dave, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I alluded to it, or you alluded to it earlier, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter who owns it or how much it costs. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there are a couple rules to this game that's going to make it maybe a little challenging for a guy like you. You can't sell this thing to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed. I don't think that's going to be a problem for you. But here's the deal. It's the only collector car you can have in your garage. That's what makes this question a tough one. So what's it going to be? It really isn't for me. I've had them all. So for me, there's one I haven't had, one I really want. I want a Pagani. I want one bad. And I would drive it daily. It could sit in my garage. It would never go anywhere. It's not a really prevalent car here in the U.S., but it's truly, I've got, I've, I've had the, the pleasure of seeing a couple beautiful works of art. Right now, in my mind, there will be a day I have that car and it'll never get sold. Oh my gosh, you're not a cheap date, Dave. Nope. <laughs> but, gone. but since you're buying, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, I did offer. So why would you, uh, why would you pick anything less? You know, I'm going to get to spend a day or two with a Pagani coming up in, um, uh, I think it's in June. I'm going to be back at a great company, Esoteric, uh, at their event. They've invited me to come back and uh, kind of MC their event to be a part of it. And uh, they've got one that's going to be there that uh, I'm looking forward to. I've had the pleasure of, of being around them. I've never been able to drive one, never been able to. Well, I have set in one. Uh, the Quail always has a great collection of Paganis there. They've manufacturer comes and I think there's like 12 parked out on the grass, which is incredible to even see one. But uh, all right, well, I'll get to work for you. I would imagine color isn't really a concern of yours as long as you have one in your garage. But if if you had to pick a color, is there one you'd like me to focus in on? White. I don't know why. White. Wow. To me, the car's so nice and it's so right. Why distract it with a color? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just something about white. I, for And I'm not a white guy. I, I I can't explain it. Some cars just work really well in white. Um, other cars, it kind of sucks the life out of them and you don't see all the curves. But I think a Pagani is going to look good in white. Any color for that exotic car. pick a wrong color. <laughs> I don't think so. No, absolutely. Well, Dave, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer those listeners before you rip off into the sunset in that white Pagani? Guys, listen, I, I'm in my middle 50s living the dream. I mean, I really, I, I'm a fortunate and blessed man. If I can get there, anybody can get there. You can just work hard and believe. And I want to see everybody at the next big car event and let's keep our industry alive. Bring the youth up into it is the big deal for me. I really want to keep our industry alive. So, you know, I'm glad you said that, Dave. I've been asked to sit on a board with uh, RPM Foundation, which is a group put together by LeMay Museum and Haggerty to try to bring young people into the automotive world, the automotive trade. And we just had a meeting at the LeMay Museum last week. And talked about this. We're going to do a forum in September, but I'm glad you said that. It 
I always tell my listeners, you know, if you have a neighbor kid or if you're you're lucky enough to have children and they have friends, take them to car shows, take them to races, get them introduced. You never know what kind of spark you might ignite in a young person. And there's so many opportunities now. And I think you probably would agree with me, Dave, trying to find young workers to bring up into the automotive industry, especially restoration, is really hard these days. Is that what you're encountering? There's no question it's hard. Your schools have changed. They don't have shop classes anymore. We're teaching kids to buy and throw away, not fix and build. But let me tell you something. I I deal with schools every week. I, I try to hit the schools. I try to bring a toy up there. I talk to the kids, whether they're less fortunate, terminally ill, or just young kids in schools, trade schools. I just did a trade school last week. We have to get to our kids. Otherwise, our industry slowly slowly dies. I I think if you can spark that interest like you were talking about and and make somebody believe and it and it works all the time. I get kids come by the shop, their families come by. It it's important for us to make it to make it survive. The kids otherwise it won't survive. So I yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And if you ever need help with any of that, please call me. I I'm there for you 150%. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and all the wonderful and exciting things you're doing in your life? You know, typical, you know, in a typical fashion, all the social media outlets, we got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Toymakers TV or Real David Ankin. Of course, www.com. You can always go to toymakers.com. And, you know, realistically, we put fans on our show all the time. Let me see your rides. Jump on our website. Submit your ride. I, I'm i a toy maker. I believe we're all toy makers at heart. Show me what you have out there and let me pick it and, and give you some love as well. Well, there you go. Very cool. And I remind you, toy makers, T-O-Y-M-A-K-E-R-Z is how you get to him. I'll make sure I put all those links on Dave's show notes page in the Cars Yeah website. Hey, thanks for taking some time out today. I know you're a very busy guy to spend it with me. Let's spend it to my listeners. This has been really fantastic. Thanks for being so generous today and sharing what you have to share. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, my friend. Thanks uh, Thanks again. Look forward to the next time. This has been fun. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.